This is HPR episode 2651 entitled HPR Community News for September 2018 and is part of the series HPR Community News. It is hosted by HPR volunteers and is about 80 minutes long and carries an explicit flag. The summary is HPR volunteers talk about shows released and comments posted in September 2018. This episode of HPR is brought to you by archive.org. Support universal access to all knowledge by heading over to archive.org forward slash donate. Hi everybody, my name is Ken Fallon and you're listening to another episode of Hacker Public Radio. Joining me tonight is... Hi everybody, it's Dave Morris. And how are you, Dave? Oh, I'm pretty good, pretty good. Excellent. This is HPR, which is a Hacker Public Radio uh, community show, uh, which is a bit of a misnomer really because uh, it is a very broad definition of hackers and it's public and it's not really radio as such, so... But we are the longest, one of the longest uh, podcasts out there. And this show is done once a month, and this month is for September 2018, where we look back at the happenings in the HPR community. It's recorded on the Saturday before the first Monday of the month. And Dave, if you'd like to introduce the new host, please. Yes, we have one new host who was on last month's show, actually. Your own, your own, sorry, is that right? Yeah, Barton, your own Barton. I believe it's pronounced, but uh, you you would know better, actually. <laughs> your own Baton, I think. Baton, okay. But I think he, he has deliberately anglicized it for us. Yes, he's very flexible, obviously. Yes. So, um, he, uh, that is very professional uh, for those of us joining for the first time. I lower the bar so the rest of you don't have to. HBR is a community podcast network, meaning the shows are contributed by people just like you. So if you have anything that is of interest to hackers, you can submit it here and we will post it without listening to it. Uh, And we do our listening in the month and then we comment on what has been said and just to give you feedback knowing that yes your show has been heard uh because uh as i was explaining here later, earlier on today we don't often not all shows can be guaranteed to get some feedback i think uh, people are a lot better at doing that now but uh back in the day you couldn't always guarantee to get feedback on your episodes so we go through the shows here and then we will tell you uh read out any comments and we'll tell you what's been going on in the mailing list and in and around the community so let's start with the hpr community news for august 2018 and there were two comments on that the first one was do you want to do the first one perhaps? well um i i was involved in these two comments because the uh, the commenter baffled sent two comments which are effectively the same 
and I think we sort of got our wires crossed just to what he actually wanted to do with them. So it's really just one comment, but he, he wanted to enhance the, the original one. So I can just read the, the second one, actually, because it's... Yeah, uh, go for it. So he says, cool show. Hey, I just wanted to let you know that I thought it was a fun and interesting show. Thanks also for the mention. He was one of the people who sent in tags the previous month. Um, now, he says, can I do this? Just wanted to... Add, they meant add to the comment. Well, the answer was no, sorry. Just wanted to add my two cents the front notices to podcasts i like the e-speak announcements considering and he's i think he's mistyped this i think he's saying that he's blind um and that may be why he says i'm a i'm blink but i think maybe that's a typo anyway the theme music would be nice to have alternating versions to make them less tedious yeah cool and that was relating to the um this ongoing discussion in which we'll cover in the news section later on, mailing list yep. section. Mailing uh, list, yep. yeah. Related to the uh, changing the intro and the branding. So the following day, we had the show was by Tony Hughes, and it was a Liverpool Makerfest 2018 series and an interview with Robert and Carl about robotworks.co.uk. So uh, yeah. I like this this one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, these these are great. Some really interesting people, and why wow, this Liverpool make fest sounds fantastic. Yeah, yeah. I feel a bit uh, jealous every time he goes, and I think, oh yeah, that's something he should actually uh, give us some notice, probably, and we might see what we can do because I can actually yeah. fly there, but I can can actually tell you that I. I'm, I probably won't be able to go to uh, any events either. Sorry, I'm very tired tonight, so I'm a bit muddled. So uh, my apologies okay. for everybody. <laughs> it can, yes, it can happen to us all, can that? So a bit flustered. Uh, the following day, we, there were no comments on that episode, unfortunately. The following day, we had uh, another show that didn't have any comments, and it was Elm. Elm, I think. It's a programming language. And this was by Turoto. And... Uh, Man, where is he getting all this stuff? I don't know. I know. He's he's a busy fella, isn't he? He's, it's a, On the it's a language. Edge, yeah. He's yeah. right out there with him and Clacky are going, oh, this is normal. They're finding these yeah. obscure programming languages. <laughs> it's very, very... Yeah, I, I had a little look at this, but it's a bit over my head, as we've discussed before. Uh, it's a language that generates JavaScript for a website. Yeah. So uh, so that that's that's pretty cool. Sounds, yeah. sounds like something as a, as before. Something one should get into, you know. <laughs> I don't know if I ever will. I think I'm going to file anything that uh, he and Clacky do under. Yeah, yeah. No, we did a we did a show on HPR five years ago about that. Yeah, everybody knows about Elm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. I don't need to Wikipedia thing. that. Thank you very much. <laughs> so um, more down to earth was sorry. No, that's that was not meant in a derogatory fashion, but. Uh, Git tags and metadata by Tlatu. Uh an interesting one actually on just how you can put a tag on your um, Git repos. Yeah, yeah, I I knew this was possible. I've never really dabbled with it much. I think I don't use Git properly, and so it's not yeah, been relevant agreed. to me. Agreed. I keep a whole bundle of things in one repository, and they all have different version numbers. So giving the whole bundle a, a version number it doesn't fit with what, what I do, but maybe that's because uh, I don't do it right. So there were um, no comments on that one, uh, but the next day we had uh, Jeroen's show uh, about running your own mainframe on Linux for 
fun and profit. And Dodo D. Dummy uh, says, this is embarrassing. Enjoyed the show, but given the fact that I'm a long-time Hercules user and a greybeard mainframer, I'm embarrassed I didn't do this show. Actually, I recorded this show more than once, but thought it wouldn't make sense to someone new to mainframes. I think you handled the problem well. Maybe this will inspire me to create some mainframe shows. I agree the uh, Mossix YouTube channel is worth checking out for anyone interested in mainframe. Oh, I won't say I'm angry. I'm just very, very, very disappointed. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I want you to go to the corner and think about what you've done and bring a podcast recording device with you and record us some shows. <laughs> well, yeah, yeah. I, I, he's mentioned his mainframe um, uh, credentials many times, but but uh, yeah, we've We've been waiting a long time for that. It's for not shows, as if but... we didn't ask, Dave. It's not no, as if no, we didn't ask. No, 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 indeed, indeed. So Gavtris says, memories. Oh, this episode brought back pleasant memories when PCs were just toys made to run <laughs> WordPerfect, Lotus 123, Harvard Graphics, and Attachmate Extra TN3270 emulator. Thanks for the ride. Excellent. That's yes. very good. But that just goes to show I have yet to see any episode I don't think there's any episode that everybody universally liked, but there's always an episode that that every episode at least somebody has liked. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I'm sure there's loads of people who uh, who would would like to to hear more about this sort of stuff. Absolutely. I went to I went to Jeroen's um, talk at Dog Camp. I think I mentioned it last time, and it was a really full room. There was a lot of people who were were interested in hearing what he had to had to say and enjoyed his talk it was an excellent talk um so you know it's a subject that a lot of people want to want to get into just from the historical point of view or or, or you know the nostalgia i don't know yeah exactly exactly another one from uh, the following day was liverpool makerfest uh, an interview with noel from jmu fab lab and guys if you have not gone to the website for this one you really need to that is one fantastic piece of 3d printing yeah it's very impressive stuff isn't it it's <laughs> they're doing some amazing things this was the wow. jmu fab lab yeah the exactly. john moore's john moore's university so uh yeah they're, they're obviously doing some cool stuff there yeah, this isn't a this isn't a two hundred dollar Chinese three uh, D printer that, that printed this <laughs> stuff. I can tell you. No, no, no. It looks like something very classy here. I'd love to. St- yeah, I'm so sad I couldn't go to this uh, this thing and get first hand experience of yeah. what all these people were doing. Uh-huh. There you go. There you go. No comments on that. Um, people left speeches, no doubt. And we have converted to text. I'd be easy. Five comments on this. Basically, uh, long and short of it is converted to text from anything to anything. First comment from uh, some weirdo called Ken Fallon. Wow, and this guy can't spell either. Those those that I know I use literally every day. Can't wait to try out the rest. Please do a deep dive series on each of these. No pressure. <laughs> and Beza says value of text conversion. I'm a big fan of plain text and CSV, as they're probably the formats that will last conceptually forever, unlike the Office formats we use today, including ODS and ODT and so forth. 
you may lose the layout information, but the meat is always preserved. The PDF to text converters only work with documents which have been generated from a word, word processor application. Scans of a printed document generally only produce an embedded JPEG image. Yeah, true. Good point that. Yeah, yeah. A few years ago, I created a system that employed many of the commands you mentioned in your episode to convert a document into pure ASCII text and create a non-repeating list of all the words it contains, along with an instance count using SQL. By applying this to the contents of a document library, the database was used to populate a search-by-keyword system for that library. Populating the database from several hundred Word and PDF documents took only a couple of minutes. The, the subsequent keyword searches were very fast and produced a list of relevant documents ranked by the number of instances of the keyword. It was very easy to combine keywords using SQL and and or qualifiers. Okay, I'm calling I'm calling that entire comment a show. So if you could turn that into a show, that would be awesome. Thank you. It sounds very cool. I'd love to hear more about that. Also, I have even with the ones where it scans it into a PDF image, you can. there are places online available that will take a PDF and do optical character recognition on it. Um, yeah, okay. And okay. I've found that sometimes, you know, if you've got multi-column, that if you do a little bit of text editing on it and convert it into left column and right column, it makes it easier for those things to work. Would be cool if, if people have some command line experience with OCRs that can be run on the Linux command line. That would that would be nice. Yeah. Anyway, Jonas says, Ranger, etc. I'm a diehard Vimmer and never heard of Ranger. I'm looking forward to using it more. I asked a couple of my online Linuxy buddies and they used it years ago, but had less when they had less substantial machines. I still love command line stuff, even with my best machines. Everything is super quick in the terminal. Thanks for the mention and your great chores. I explore JQ for sure. I work with databases and save a couple of columns in JSON. It would be nice to query the exports in a more friendly way. JQ is awesome. I use it every day. If if nothing else, just if you get JSON guys and pipe it into JQ, open quote, a full stop, a close quote, and that gives you a nice, pretty uh, JSON, just as a as a by the by. Yeah, yeah, I've, I've discovered it in the past so six months or so and found it wonderful. Really enjoy it. So I said, great show. You hear the cat in the background, which he wants to I do out. indeed, I do indeed. <laughs> it's microphone so sensitive, Just... I can't pretend it's not happening. <laughs> Can you take her out of the microwave, please, do? <laughs> I'll t- <laughs> I said... I installed Ranger after listening to your show 1756, and I put a link, but never used it and completely forgot about it. I was surprised to find it on my system and have been playing about with it a lot since listening to this show. I'm a long-time text and command line user, but I tend to use Midnight Commander for the times I want to do a lot of file searching and manipulation. But I have to admit I use Dolphin sometimes in two-pane mode when doing things like copying files off an SD card. I shall add Ranger to the mix too, I think. I agree with Ken. We need shows about all of the tools in your list, exclamation mark. Anyway, this was a very welcome episode. Thanks. Yeah, that is true. Um, There were, I loaded all of them, and there were a few missing. Media Info I use all the time because of of what I do. Um, So I'd used quite a lot of these. In fact, Media Info, an awful lot of stuff is based on that. Uh, Popper Utils use all the time but there was one or two that were not available on Fedora and I couldn't find them anywhere. Cat Talk I think okay. it was in Cat PT. Yeah. 
I haven't used it. I used to use CatDoc a lot because I refused to use Windows as much as I possibly could. Mm. And that was a great way of dealing with documents people send me from win- Windows. But uh, I got slapped about in the end for doing that. <laughs> Ranger, uh, I loaded it actually. And I was thinking it might be a, uh, a nice one for, did I tell you I ordered a, um, I got to order a Pinebook. Oh, right. So, oh, cool. So, um, yeah, $99. Uh, dollars. The shipping was actually 33% of the price of the thing. So, uh, well, 34%, to be honest. I had to pay $34 in shipping to get a $100 laptop. But, yeah. Um, and I was thinking of having that as my on the train laptop and just doing everything on the console. If I yeah, can. Yeah, perfect. Yeah, yeah. yeah no absolutely. window manager, just, you know, hardcore uh, text only. Anyway, Tlacky says Q. Never heard of Q before. Very cool. I will very likely find a use for this tool. Not very Google name, but I found it here. And that's true. I could not find it either. <laughs> yeah, no, I know. I, I Seeing that, I went and chased the, the link and, and was, was playing around with it, installed it and played it. It's really clever. Yeah, it's amazing. smart. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What yeah. a brilliant idea. But, uh, yeah. I'm just going to go and let my cat out, so uh, uh, could you mind carrying on with that? No, not a problem. (laughs) Ding! Anyone got the number of the local RSPCA in Scotland? Can you please email it to me so we can save Dave's cat? Anyway, the following day we had Dirt Cheap Magic. Magic the Gathering for cheapskates, and this was Tlatu basically going to second-hand stores getting cheap uh, cards. And he also uh, explained what Magic of the Gathering was and how it worked and stuff like that. So I really enjoyed that show because I had no clue about this topic. And it seemed to me like a very good way to uh, enter into games without being overly um, anal about the uh, about the rules of the games and stuff. Yes, I I, I, uh, I also enjoyed this because of the similar reasons. Just just refuse to play play by the rules to to some extent is is, yeah. is a nice a nice uh, approach. I like that. And also, yeah, recy- the whole yeah recycling thing. I can probably understand why they do it, but yeah, it's cool. Um, following day, bash tips number nine: making decisions in bash. Very nice show as always. They um, they. Extended show notes are to be followed. I've given up, Dave, and I just uh, I just uh, watch the extended show notes as I'm reading, listening to the episode. Okay, I've given yeah. up pretending that I'm not going to be able to follow because I, I you have the show notes there. It makes no sense for me not to use them, so uh, that's why I do. And you in one in this show explained to me why I'm getting that command not found that I needed to do the space in between the two. I always knew I had to do that, and now I know why. This yeah. I know loads I, of answers. I'm I'm finding these things out for myself too. You realise, so you know, this is not me being brilliantly clever. It's me <laughs> so saying why I don't understand why I have to do this all the time, and then I find it, and then I pass on the the message. So uh, yeah, if it if it helps somebody, I'm very happy. And I reply, going ah, always knew I needed spaces, and now I know why. I'm sure that's not how I spelt it, Dave. <laughs> There, there might have been a change there. I don't know how that happened, but uh, yeah, yes. So, uh, to new readers, um, a certain person I know asked for <laughs> sent a sent a effectively a challenge. Edit this if you can, and I didn't have the means of editing comments, but now I do. So, <laughs> so yes, I took the challenge. <laughs> 
<laughs> yes. Well, you'll have to look after it yourself one day. So, uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> no, I'll find some other sucker, Dave. Don't you worry. There's always <laughs> going to be somebody who's going to get annoyed. I hope me, they're so, not yeah. listening. I hope they're not listening. Yeah. No, no. I make it perfectly clear to people you knew what you were getting into. Um, evalu- oh, yeah. I'll continue on. Evaluating things to zero seems strange. Note to stealth. Stop using WC-L and count grep output instead. Yeah, good point. Uh, Johan V says, really interesting. I hadn't listened to HBR for a long time, but a couple of days ago I had some spare time and I decided to listen to this episode. I liked it a lot and did I am a little more aware about what I'm actually doing while writing if statements and those square brackets in bash and checking return codes. Thanks for the interesting show. Oh, I, I have to do the next one as well. Oh, yeah, true. Yes, it's mine. <laughs> so I said, thanks for the feedback. Ken, yes, the arithmetic stuff evaluated to true, false is a bit counterintuitive, I think. Yes, grep is quite a powerful tool for use in scripts. Johan V, glad you found the show useful. I'm trying to explain things that I never fully understood before and to share what I found as I do so. so. Just on that point, for people who are listening to this show and think, Oh, that is a series that I find interesting. Um, I was listening to you random, and this came up here as well. How to, I'm just interested in one particular show. How do I do that? So if you uh, go to the HPR website and you go to the link get shows uh, under RSS syndication, if you go to advanced settings, you can see some of the options that we do. But actually, another thing, uh, instead of going there, so you go to Get Shows. Right there is a complete episode guide. And each of the episodes... No, sorry, In-Depth Series Guide. And in the In-Depth Series Guide, each of the series has a RSS feed for that particular series. So if you were interested in following Dave's um, Bash Tips show, I think this is under Bash Scripting. Yeah, so if you're interested is, in, yeah. in just Bash Scripting, you can go to uh, that under... Uh, so get shows complete episode guide and then scroll down to bash scripting and you get a feed like uh, hpr underscore og underscore rss.php question mark series equals 42 and then you can subscribe to that so there you go and was that the comments on that show that was it yep so the next day we had another rambling drive into work which was from mr x and yeah, I like to like the rundown on the various different microphones and stuff. And the lo- the love bug uh, says audio quality. Good to hear from you again. I really enjoyed this episode. The audio quality was definitely on point. Those little lapel mics are really great. Don't worry too much about the structure of this episode. You were recording it to make a point, and you made it really well. <laughs> so thank you. Uh, yeah, yeah, good show. I enjoyed that. Yeah. Um, Mr. X got slightly confused but between myself and uh, and Dave the love bug, so uh, I helped him to to fix that in the in the notes. So ah, didn't want to take credit where it wasn't due. Yeah, no worries. Too too many Daves in the world, Dave. True enough. True enough. And this was another interview with the Microbit Foundation, which uh, I found I found her story really fascinating. How she ended up working for Microbit. It was really nice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
the 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 story of the microbit project and getting these devices out into kids hands was was quite interesting i hadn't got the full picture um so it's only a partial success because the teachers were not really up to speed with it but uh you know it's yeah, exactly. it's moved moved forward since then but uh typical of these sorts of projects yeah. they, they don't they don't think the thing through properly so my swedish and german podcast part de this was by Folky and some more uh, Swedish podcasts. There are no comments on that one, but there will be shortly. The following day, we had random elements of storytelling, the payoff in the storytelling. Lost in Bronx um, essays, I think, on on storytelling. I, I like these. They make me think, they clarify stuff that I've always found obvious about stories or storytelling. Or um, When he says it, I go, oh, yeah, that's right. Not obvious. Obvious wasn't a word, but yeah, that should have been yeah, obvious. Yeah, yeah. I know it makes, I find myself a little bit more analytical when when reading and, and listening to stories as a, as a consequence. So it's, it's, it's really helpful from that point of view. Yeah, it, it gives you an insight into uh, a little bit, pulls back the curtain a bit, how a story is put together. You know, like when, uh, because I did some amateur dramatics, you, when you go to the theater, you, there's always, you can enjoy the story, but there's always the, ooh, the appreciation of the artistry and doing the lights or bringing up the sound or moving somebody onto the stage. And now I'm beginning to get that additional benefit to reading stories. That's kind of nice. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you, LMB. And no need to apologize for the audio quality because I'm in the car. No, because any show is better than no show. And it's certainly not that bad anyway. No, it's not that bad either. It's it's fine. And you can read the next one, Dave. (laughs) uh, Well, uh, yeah. Well, Uh, yes, uh, I'll do it for the clacky one because it's easy. Ah, you timed it. You got them in the wrong order. (laughs) Ken loves you, says clacky. Now that's how you don't waste a good opportunity to make an HBO episode. I'm observing and learning. So this was um, this was uh, uh, Folky doing effectively a correction to his previous podcast which which sort of threw us slightly because we thought well why didn't he just ask us to to change it but he wanted to change the the audio as well so uh, so yeah but um he included a, a different uh, podcast feed than the one he'd mistakenly put into the original show which ken's going to pronounce in a minute yep so um Tlaki says the original show oh i love the original show and i love that Ken and Dave is going to have to pronounce English when reading out the community news. Do you listen to this other podcast back when it was archived and CJ was one of the people involved? It was a very good show and I miss it. <laughs> oh, that uh, footwork is brilliant. Yes, um, I like that. Yeah. <laughs> Folky says, regarding that podcast, yes, I listen to the other podcast and I miss it. For sometimes I listen to the first podcast after it ended but that's not really good replacement to be honest the other podcast is one of those podcasts i meant with get tired of we really need some good swedish and german in the tradition of quality of sgu <laughs> so the podcast was called uh yeah it was it was quality Sarah Hemlet, perhaps. <laughs> you had to go and ruin it <laughs> <laughs> no, no, I, I, um, I saw that coming through, and I said to my son who did German at school, "How do you say that?" And he said, "I don't know." And uh, so, oh well, that's not much use. <laughs> I actually went and downloaded that, and I could not get a snippet of them saying it. So, <laughs> anyways, 
Uh, the following day, blinking LEDs. And NY Bill says, uh, this is where uh, NY Bill had sent me a 555 timer, and I basically just followed somebody's tutorial and buggered it up on the way uh, by not putting in the right resistors and capacitors and stuff. Haha, nice job, Ken. It made me smile when I heard you happy it was finally blinking. And we got some live troubleshooting as well. Good stuff. You know how I remember the way an LED went way back uh, when? One leg of the LEDs is cut off. So cut off stands for C. So you get a cathode. The short leg is the cathode. If you had a leg cut off, you would be pretty negative about it. So the short leg is negative. I love that. Cut off. Yeah, <laughs> it's, yeah it's, mnemonics are amazing. I love it. I love this. Just a little mnemonic device I made up to help me remember. I still think of it to this day. Yes, and I, I was actually in the train trying to remember what that was. I was thinking, oh, well, I've come to it in the community news. So yes, I might cut that off and put it up here on my LED thing. Um, now that you need to build one of those oscilloscope kits, now that you can see how fast your thing is blinking, see how I did that, how we're going to get more shows. And I was thinking about this, but I think going from a blinking an LED with a 5.5 timer to soldering an oscilloscope kit that he needed to write and program firmware is a little bit like going from kindergarten maths up to, you know, advanced, advanced Fourier transforms and stuff. So yeah, yes, I yes, might do a yes. few in between. <laughs> It'd be quite an achievement, mind you. But uh, yes, I was tempted to buy one ready-made up. To be honest with you, I haven't done so. Though. Yeah, so, I was. Um, I was actually thinking of doing a analog mechanical five-five-five chip. I've and I have some thoughts on how you would actually build an an analog five-five-five chip. <laughs> That would be good. That'd yeah, be good, yeah, yes. that would be yeah. good. Um, yeah. Carry on. Tutoto says, great show. These troubleshooting shows are one of my favorites. I did tinker just a tiny bit with electronics at school, but never invested enough time to really understand what electricity is all about, especially the analog electronics. is a sort of black magic to me. Smiley face. But I love listening when someone is working with it and explaining what they're doing and slowly working their way through a problem. Oh, slowly working. That would describe me all right. Yeah. <laughs> you got there, though. You got there. Ah, you yeah, but to I'm record a moron. It, like, this is exactly what... Uh, put in the wrong, uh, wrong thingies. But what was very useful, actually, in troubleshooting was saying it out loud. By recording the episode, I was checking it to myself when I assumed that everything was, was working correctly. Just not yeah. even taking out the right components. You know, it's a bit embarrassing. It's, it's these assumptions that, that mess you up, you know, because you, you think, yeah, yeah, I've got that right, and it takes ages before you spot that that you've made made that assumption that you shouldn't yeah. have done. Anyway, um, yeah, I might do a few more of those. It would be, uh, would be nice. But, yeah. Because I'm planning on doing a few anyway, because as, I, I always found electronics a bit of a black black magic never really understood it so i had uh i've said this a hundred times before but i'll say it again because hey why not uh having a mechanical engineering background i can understand how you physically build transistors and stuff and then having gone into it and working my way back to programming you kind of understand the concepts of and and or gates and stuff but then the bit in between and it's been really nice over the last two or three years to be figuring out the bridge in between so yeah yeah Looking forward to So, Liverpool Makerfest. Steve and Jared from the Liverpool Astronomy Society. One of the first uh, astronomy clubs outside of uh, London. Very cool. Very cool. Nice yeah, that, 
I had not realized that they they were so so old and uh, and uh, yeah venerable I think is the word yeah yes. very significant I would imagine Dave you hear that quite a lot <laughs> horror, 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 horror. <laughs> yeah 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 it's usually somebody saying would you like a seat and there when I'm on the bus you know it's poor old sod can't stand up there like that well, I wouldn't mind that <laughs> have yeah. you we move on more quick tips only key the only key and nerf guns so the nerf guns I got and the only key is a is a physical device to send in passwords and stuff. I thought that was pretty. Yes, cool. so like the YubiKey, I think, isn't it? Yeah, I didn't yeah. quite didn't quite work out what it what, exactly what it was, but yeah, uh, stuff like uh, PGP um, passphrases and uh, or keys, I should say, PGP mm. keys. It's pretty cool. Yeah, quite cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, operator oh, comes yeah. out with uh, nice, interesting ones from time to time. I can't imagine working somewhere where everybody's got Nerf guns and a shooting or another. So. Yeah, I know of uh, I know of one company where they had that and it kind of went very, very quickly overboard. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Explaining the controls on your amateur HF radio part one. And I, for one, love this. And Ed My Bill puts it very succinctly. Who's who's reading this one? You or me? Still catching up. Okay, and My Bill says... Thanks, pal. Yeah, do continue this series. I recently only got my tech license and I'm going for a general soon. It's nice to have somebody explain what you might see if and when you get an actual radio. Because walking into this cold, it just looks like a lot of buttons. Yes, it does. I really enjoy this. And I downloaded a picture of it as well, just to follow up. Yeah, me too, me too. Yeah, what an amazing looking device. Yeah, it looks like a proper radio. Yeah, 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 yeah. Definitely like to have one of those just just for the buttons, you know. It can be yeah. empty inside. <laughs> and bash tips part du. This time it's serious. No comments on this one. Let's see what we covered. The while until loops. What did did you? Yeah, and you did if then. But one thing you didn't cover was the differences in the shells that are opened for an if and then loop versus a while loop. Uh, what you talking about, what, Ken? You mean you? Yeah, you mean that. Try try this. Yeah, day. this is your homework for next month. Try doing a FFmpeg um, loop. So do a loop where you call FFmpeg to transcode something for, and try with a for loop for i in asterisk MP3 do, uh, and then while you know cast blah blah blah, and try for a while loop. One will work and one won't. Oh yeah, I have covered this actually. I did it in a in another show on Bash scripting. The the thing about if you put while in a pipe at the end of a pipe, then you get a separate process. And if you you can get into all, I think I think we're talking about the same thing anyway. You get into all sorts of tangles because that that separate process doesn't communicate back with the process you started it from. Yeah, and then just exit out. Yeah, yeah. So if yeah. you if you uh, I, I fell over this myself and then found out why. And it's the thing where you, you, you have a counter, you set the counter to zero outside the loop, then you feed something to the while loop through a pipe, and then you keep counting, and then you report the, the count at the end, and you get zero, yeah, because yeah. The, the counter got through, thrown away when the process stopped. But the way to do the way to solve that is to, and it'll be in the, the next show, though not answering that question specifically, but the, the while examples all use... Um, a, a redirection 
through the, the, the done part of the, the while loop. If you do it that way, and the, the thing that comes after the less than can be a, be a, a file name, or indeed it can be one of those, um, oh, I can't remember the names of them. The, uh, <coughs> process we, expansion yeah, things, yeah. things in, in brackets with, um, with a, a less than or a greater than on the front which runs a, a whole process and then feeds the output the process through back up to the uh, the while loop um i've already written these shows so it's so, so i can't add it add to them now but i have covered this and explained it in an earlier earlier one of the, the bash tips shows maybe not enough but uh yeah okay i was wondering I should, my next one in the series should be uh just sort of picking up some of the loose ends that are that are around um i might do that some stage okay anyway but do, do try that because i'm not sure that we that that's exactly what happens because it does the first one and then it just stops mm, okay okay Get, give me an example when you have a moment and i'll i'll have a look at it and see if i can work out why okay following day was my pocket knife by shane shannon and there's one comment on that. Another one I want to make is I he very cleverly put a sandwich over the... There's a notebook which has got HBR topics on it and very <laughs> cleverly put his sandwich over it. So all I can see is I something, something, something. I can't I can't see exactly what what topics he's <laughs> promised. Because if you yeah, mention them, yeah. folks, if you, if you mention them, Oh, I was thinking of doing a show on HBR on this. Then you owe us that show. That is, you owe me a show about it. <laughs> I think he might be wise to that. Yeah, that particular trap. <laughs> anyway, I said mailbag. WTF? What prey is a milk bag? Sorry, milk bag. What is a milk bag? We use milk bags in Canada, and I'm fascinated by that. Also, I want a soundscape tour around the fall, uh, Niagara Falls. Thank you very much. Yeah, yeah, I definitely agree with that one. Yeah, the milk bag's a strange, strange idea, I think. Okay, don't uh, ruin the show. Don't ruin the show. It's, no, no, you, no. I, it's something I'd like to hear the answer. During this episode, I was thinking, what is the fascination with pocket with knives in continental America? I don't get it. But then he did give an example of where he uses his knife all the time. It just seems to be uh, used a lot more than here. I'd like to know. I've, I've got the equivalent, the um, is it Durol. It comes from the same place in France, Thiers, mm-hmm. uh, which, is a, a, which is another pocket knife with a lock, uh, which people just have to cut bits off their baguette and chunk of cheese and stuff. I bought it in France for that very purpose. Okay. So, this is you know? it. I want people to send in quick shows what knife you have and why yeah, you have the knife. Yeah, 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 yeah. Very simple. I, I think I was toying with that one myself, actually. Yeah, yeah. My, I think we need a pocket knife series. Yep, definitely. Yep. Cool. It's uh, like the pen series, which has died, Dave. The pen series is <laughs> dead. Nobody cares anymore about pens, Dave. <laughs> <laughs> I, can't, I can't work them into bad tips. This is a problem. <laughs> okay, that was it with the shows then we had what uh the comments from previous month Indeed. and we'll start with uh zoke's episode a derbycon interview with paul uh koblovitz and that was from 2018 uh nine oh sorry no that's what that show was uh 2015 uh december 2015 to be honest 
and it was uh, 2008. Very interesting. I love Zoke's stuff. And that uh, show was about uh, a senior security consultant at Trusted Sec involving physical penetration. So, good. Uh, again, proving that people go back and listen to their shows, even quite old shows. I do remember that. And I just had a quick peep. And was, the guy was talking about a thing he called a Lloyd. Dude, I remember talking about that on one of these shows because we, we were trying to work out what on earth it was. Something like a sort of card that you could poke through um, and unfasten locks or something, was it? Yeah. I can't remember. Vaguely, vaguely remember. I'd have to listen to that one again now. And Archer72 sent an update to his own show uh, showing where the code has been uh, for DVD ripping uh, code change from the repository. Repositories have moved, basically. Yep. And Clucky replying to comments on his own show, which was uh, 2557 from the 5th of 22nd of the year, purely functional static site generator. And the comment is with uh, Nix 2.1, reading TOML files has become a built-in function, just built-ins from Tomal space path to file. Tumble. I can't imagine this being unrelated to Mozilla's implementation of Nix. He basically has conversations with himself on his own comments to his own shows. <laughs> yes, yes. Interesting to listen in. <laughs> I have nothing wrong with that. Comment on uh, Hohuka's cancer show. Have you caught up? Yes, I have. Yes, yes. Go I'll read it. this one. Um, the author is a person. <laughs> Very good. Thank you, Hooker, so- for your it's a good handle. Thank you, Hooker, for your bravery, honesty, and openness on this subject. HBR has a broad spectrum of listeners. Who one suspects many are people who, though younger than yourself, are acutely aware of family history of certain cancers. This show gave great insight into what one should expect if a diagnosis becomes pressing concern, particularly with the state of modern medicine. Also, thank you for reiterating one should always consult a medical professional for advice on which to make a decision about treatment or any other course of action. Yeah, well said. Or at least uh, or a few, to be honest. Cycling to Brussels by Nightwise. Baffled says, very nice. Your descriptions were excellent and enjoyable. Thank you very much for sharing this trip through town. You see, you don't need to... It doesn't have to be hard, guys. It doesn't have to be hard. You just press record and talk. Or press record and walk, as some people have done, and not spoken at all. <laughs> yeah, yeah, true. There's been more than one of those very popular shows. So, shall I do the next one? Uh, Please do, yes. 2625, My Thoughts on Language Learning Communication Applications by DODD Dummy. And Clacke says, Accordion Outro. Thank you, Mr. X, for that lovely accordion outro. Hadn't heard it before. And he goes on to say... I'll do that one as well, shall I? Give you give you yeah, rest. Interesting yeah. idea, says Clacker. I'm a tool person, so I really like the idea of using your tools to push yourself forward in your language learning. It's hard to say how it would turn out in practice, but I'm optimistic. As you mentioned, mixing vocabulary in languages that are very different grammars could become a bit strange, but code switching, that is jumping back and forth between languages, is common and frequent with bilingual people, and it frequently happens mid-sentence. So I guess that just shows that people are pretty good at making it work, even in radically different languages. The area where I live has mostly Chinese Hong Kongers, but many of them speak a lot of English in the office and at home, and it's 
pretty much very fun to listen to the kids in the playground and in the playroom talk to each other. It's a real soup of Cantonese and English. Yeah, really cool. Sounds good, that, yeah. And that's it, because uh, we, we did Brenda J. Butler's uh, uh, comment last time. Stoop, yeah. 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 And uh, we were talking about the Dutch and all, all that stuff. Roger. And we're on to the thread, which was opened by myself about HPR branding. And we'll just do it here. Uh, yeah, basically run down what the current branding is. Uh, should we change anything? Shows synopsis is that adding value, do we continue to thank our host? Should we remove it or put it into the outro? Should we refresh uh, the HBR music, make it shorter? Should we do the HBO uh, outro text be changed? Any other, any other changes? Um, yeah, I think we should go through all of these actually, Dave. Mm-hmm. Yep. Do you want to do uh, BJB's one? Hold on a sec. Yep. So BJB says, I'm a bit new to the community, but that said, here is my opinion. I'm okay with the setup as it is, but if we could make the intro outro music a little quieter to more closely match the show, that would be nice. While it's a little can boring... I, uh, can I comment on each of these as we go? Yeah, guys? yeah, go, go. Because, uh, and I'm just <laughs> commenting here without my personal opinion. This is me as an admin commenting. If we... The only way, right, okay, we take the shows in and by default we do automatic leveling on the entire show, but that doesn't always work if there are peaks in the show itself. Um, so in order to do that, we would need to manually download the shows and manually edit them. And I worked that out that it would be about 40 hours or so a year for somebody to be doing that. And you're getting into the range of that being a, you know, a, that's an actual job to continue to do that uh, or to do that. And also, we don't always get the shows right on time. For example, this show uh, today needs to be posted by Monday, but we've had shows where we've had very little time to edit them, and you're not always in the space where you can download the shows. You're on vacation or something, and you need to download it over a crappy connection. So they, whatever we do, whatever solution we come up with, the encoding has to be uh, something that can be scripted. That's what I'm saying. Okay, carry on. So she says, while it's a little boring to hear the thank you every time, it's polite and thankful to the hosters. I'm okay with having it up front. One thing and I was thinking about that was that we, if we do pick an intro, we could do quite a lot of that during the intro. So we could do, we could have the theme music starting to play. We could have the this is episode blah 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 blah. I want to thank our host blah 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 blah, and then the out and the intro music fades out. So we could compact the whole lot down to be on the same in the same period if you know what i mean yeah absolutely i think uh, i had a quick scan through these before we started and i think it was bob jonkman who said something very similar um that uh, sort of do, doing a fade and then then voice over type thing um for, yeah, the, exactly. for the intro which is which is a great idea yeah i think that's a great idea so going back to bjb uh and what's a hacker pod? And what's a hacker podcast without little text to speech? Having it read, having it read the show synopsis is as good an excuse as any to include some TTS. And my comment on that is yes, but I would always love. I know there are better Linux voices out there because we could have Popey from the Ubuntu UK podcast is a text to speech voice. And I would love him, his voice to be used here in HBR. But I cannot, I really, I'm beating my head against the wall. I do not have the technical skills to get that going. If there's somebody out there who knows how you could get Popey's voice configured 
so that I could then contact us and we'll get you whatever technical tools you need in order to facilitate that. Yeah, that would be great. Yes. Also, after listening to a podcast or other content, it can be good to have a little filler between shows. So you have a few minutes to think about the content before being bombarded with more content. So the, uh, yeah, personal the, preferences, the I guess. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The actual music is fine with me. I also enjoy the occasional community members' reinterpretation, be it whistled, sung, and or played on the accordion. Smiley face. Cool. Uh, the next one is by Dave Lee. And whilst I agree that the theme music could do with turning down a bit, I also think that some hosts could do more to improve the levels on their recorded segment. This is an observation I have to many podcasts, not just HBR. A tiny amount of post-production effort would make a huge difference on the final episode. I agree, but... I also disagree because our goal here is, by its very nature, we're here as a means for getting people into podcasting. And there are plenty of people who... Uh, so I want to hear those shows. I want people coming in. And by your very nature, as time goes on, you get better mics and you become more confident and you hear your show and you ask people and people like Dave are very, very good, uh, very good at uh, giving, um, very good at helping people. Not sounds like pedantic, but they, I know he has uh, helped people improve the quality of their podcast. So there's plenty of people who, who are here to help. So yeah, point is though, we can't always guarantee that, and I don't really want to make it, oh, no, one must have perfect audio before one is on HPR, if you know what I mean. Can't quite imagine that, but uh, yeah, take your point. Do the next one. So this is Mike Ray, TTS bit, he says, I'm most interested in the name of the host and the duration. The duration I can get from my podcatcher, and I guess most podcatchers get this, but the name of the host is only available if I look online first, which I don't do at one o'clock in the morning, which is when the new cast drops out. I want to comment on that. The duration is kind of important because sometimes you hear uh, you have five minutes. Not not everybody will have their player even available. You know, it's now I have my phone in my pocket and listen on my headphones and I don't even want to take it out. So by knowing that the show is five five minutes or it's a three hour show and I'm, I've got 10 more minutes left on my commute. I might skip that show onto the next one because it's 10 minutes and I can get it in. So having that definitely is a feature people use. So Mike says, based on the host, I sometimes just delete it without going any further. Usually when I've heard the duration and the name of the host, I jump ahead 30 seconds and miss the host message and the music or most of it. But tedious as it is, I think thanking Josh is necessary and polite after all he does for HBR. Couldn't agree more. Absolutely. Personally, I hate that bleeping music, smiley face, but it's just as much part of HBR as the Nike flashes to overpriced sweatshop produce sneakers. Music is too loud, as others have said. But although sound quality can sometimes be annoyingly bad and can on occasion make it difficult to listen, a poorly recorded show is better than no show, as Ken has often said. <laughs> However, I might try reducing the uh, the volume on the intro and outro and see how that works. Yeah, we did that several years ago as well. The, the version we we put up for for people to to grab was was uh, was uh, we turned the volume down. But uh, yeah, okay. Uh, so case in point, he says. Sigflop's excellent recent episode on getting the Cisco phone she found in the garage working contained a bad echo. But what if a, a brilliant? But what a brilliant episode it was! 
hacking at its best and worthy of HBO if for nothing else but the just obvious, just the obvious delight in the voice and dialogue from the host at getting it to work. So it's dangerous to complain about sad recording quality. To do so, we risk not digging up some gems. Absolutely perfect. Yeah, I, shouldn't well, have, I shouldn't comment on any of these because I think all the comments have been said. Okay, uh, the next one was from Kevin. I've never had a problem with the current setup, so I vote to keep everything as it is. Okay, short, sweet, to the point. <laughs> yeah. yeah, good point. So next is from Bob Drunkband, who says in, uh, he's answering Mike Ray step by step. Music is too loud. Actually, I think the music is at a good level, but the show itself is much too quiet. As Dave Lee said, a bit of post-production can be extremely helpful, and this can probably be automated. Again, do... if, <laughs> if somebody can help with that, that would be great. What I'm doing now is fairly basic, but if there is a way to automate this better, please get in touch. I am not in any way um, proud about these scripts. If there are better scripts, better ways to do this, get in touch. So Bob says, I do love the music, but it's a bit long. Perhaps the format can be number one. Ten seconds of intro music. Conveniently, the fanfare has just sounded twice at ten seconds. Second point. Fade intro music to 30%. Start voiceover of the TTS show synopsis. Third point. With luck, the TTS show synopsis is over just before the intro music runs out. If not, the intro music repeats sans fanfare at the 30-second mark, but fades. Perhaps the intro music can just keep repeating until both... The show synopsis and the sponsorship thank you were done. Point four, sponsorship thank yous. Five, music fades completely, the show starts. Six, outro as great as it is and a good example of voiceover music. He signs it, Bob, Bob, who has no business providing advice until he submits another show or several. We saw that, Bob. We we heard you. (laughs) Um, That is actually very good feedback. And we could even... Uh, I can even do different. How you get fixed that issue is you do make several different versions of the show length. So we find what the maximum up until now show has been with intro and TTS. And you know, if it's a new host and it's in a series and there's a long thing, there's a there's actually a limit to how much that could be. And then we can record, uh, edit various different versions of the intro that are you know, uh, one minute, one minute, five seconds, one minute, 10 seconds, one minute, you know, the whole way up and then pick the appropriate one because we would be able to calculate it beforehand. Yep, yep. Good so idea. I like this. The only thing this does though, Dave, it means that people would no longer be able to add their own intros to the show. True, true. Which and is um, which relevant would... to a future subject. Yeah, and that's future subject is now, if there's one thing that we have not been able to do is fix the has people sent the intro not or have they not and if we say okay you can use any intro you want but it's from this list so um yeah if we so your show will not have an intro on it and then we will add the intro automatically always that would be one one thing which would solve the automation issue in in my mind my mind being the HBR automation person mind, not the HBR contributor mind, which may have a different opinion. No, no, fair enough. But um, could you could you offer a menu of the uh, the uh, the available intros? Because that would that would give an opening for people to create new intros and uh, and submit them and 
have them accepted or whatever. And then somebody who likes the an accordion start or a Abyssinian nose flute intro can uh, can choose that. Well, the outro, as we said before in the last discussion, was that you know uh, HPR inspired music for the outro. For the intro, uh, we have had some submissions uh, from Yeroon's friend, and they have been the intro music exactly. So it's that theme, and they haven't deviated from it. They were, the thing about the intro music is it is very, it's, from a branding perspective, it tells people this is a HBR show and it needs to be re- very recognizable. So therefore, if you're doing an intro, you will, I would expect, and this is me as a HBR contributor talking, not a HBR admin, I would expect that the HBR shows, that the community approves HBR intros. And yeah. that yes, you pick from you can pick from this predefined list. If a new intro comes in, then the community decides: do we add that to the list or do we not add that to the list? That the outro, I'm not. Yeah. Uh, yeah, the outro, I'm not that pushed about. Yep. Okay. Shall we go on? Indeed. Uh, there's a comment from uh, an email from Lost in Bronx who says, "I know it's been brought up in the past, but if we're revisiting the whole thing, is there a better voice available for eSpeak these days?" I like the idea of having the host announced along with a simple description of the episode, but every time I recommend an episode to someone outside the HBR community, I have to warn them to ignore the horrible robot voice at the beginning. It really sounds quite bad compared to others that are out there, though I don't know what free software options are currently available. If this this one is still state-of-the-art for scriptable FOSS voices, then nothing to complain about since nothing can be done. But if some better voices do exist now, perhaps we could look at swapping out the one we currently use. Yeah, and as I said, uh, I definitely know the Pokey voice is um, Pokey from the Ubuntu UK podcast, has uh, who works for Ubuntu, uh, Canonical actually, and works on Ubuntu for Canonical. It would be absolutely awesome if we could get that voice, cause, or a voice like it, ideally. Whatever Pokey did to record his vi- voice could have... Um, Manon, my wife, who does the outro, can do the voice. I always wanted a text-to-speech, but I could never figure out how to do it. So if somebody knows how to do it, please, please get in touch. Ken at Fallon.ie. Ken at Fallon.ie. Thank you. So Cobra 2, um, as to the HBR branding uh, discussion, I always liked Festival over eSpeak. The voices just sound more real to me. I find that shows where the host does all the mixing of the intro-outro music sound the best as far as levels go. I don't really care. My ears have been blown out of the water a few times and a few more isn't going to make me deaf. What are your thoughts, Ken? Well, you've heard them all. From an admin point of view, personally, my favourite theme has been the twat theme and I never understood why we switched away from it to the HBR theme. Uh, the HBR theme is HBR though now, so there's and the, the idea behind the HBR theme at the time was that it's it sounded like a news show, like you're listening to the evening news for the tri- yeah. tri county area. So da 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 da, important news brought to you by the HBR community. That sort of feel. <laughs> yes, yeah. absolutely. So yeah, but the the the. Uh, Twat team is like now my, my cable. I'm getting stable, and it's got a do 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 Yeah, yeah, I really yeah, I like, like a really nice beat to it. But you know, as with everything, it's personal preference, and uh, so that's my personal preference. But there you go. That's why some I I tend to drive when I'm doing anniversary shows. I tend to drag out the twat team whenever I the twat team theme 
whenever I can. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Today with the techie te- yep. theme, yep. Yep. because I understand that twat is a rude, naughty word. Not over this side of the pond, but anyway. Everything's a rude word somewhere or other. <laughs> Been reading too much Terry Pratchett, dude. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, so we have a comment from uh, Nigel Verity, uh, who says, My only gripe is with the electronic voice. A point I raised on an earlier thread a few months back is that we have a lot of listeners to whom English is a second language. eSpeak does not lend itself to clear, unambiguous diction. I could just about get value from a podcast in German, but I'm certain I'd struggle to understand an intro in German using eSpeak. I prefer a gentle and clear human voice. The voice which appears appears in the outro would be perfect, but I do appreciate that it's a bit of an imposition on somebody to take the upcoming episode schedules and record, edit all the snippets. I'd volunteer to do it, but anybody who's heard my few episodes would know my voice is just not the one for the job. That's Biza, that's his handle. Yes, and the outro is my wife, so she could definitely record what is needed for to record a computer voice based on her voice. By the way, if you do an e-speak, and you, you can change the phonetics so that it will speak German with a German accent. So uh, I have a script that uses the Dutch uh, pronunciations, and it reads, it reads a piece of text, Dutch, obviously, with a Dutch accent, and it works out quite nice. So Mike Ray comes back to that comment and says, while I always get very uptight about people criticizing eSpeak, which is, in my humble opinion, one of the most wonderful pieces of open source ever, and has without doubt done more for blind computer users throughout the globe than almost anything else. I know that it's not understandable in some languages as it is in English, but we only use it in English. So you think eSpeak is bad. Jump in your time machine and listen to the voices we had to use 30 years ago or so. In the days of DOS, Dolphin Orpheus was pretty much all there was, and that was awful. This is bound to be some Dolphin Orpheus. There is bound to be some Dolphin Orpheus on YouTube somewhere. Having said that, Dolphin Orpheus is still, still allowed blind people to do a lot of good work and to learn how to use a PC. If you listen to eSpeak long enough, for example, as a blind computer user, you just concentrate on the work, not on the voice. A bit like not caring about your wallpaper while you're actually working. eSpeak also has a very small code footprint. It runs comfortably on an old Raspberry Pi with only, only 256 megabytes of RAM, where others won't. But Sbox Pico is nice, at least in English. It has rubbish language support. I think it only works in English and French. I'm not sure if it has a batch mode which allows automation of the conversion of a fragment of text into an audio file. I don't use Sbox Pico on my PCs though because it's much bigger than eSpeak so it won't run comfortably at a very fast rate. Pretty much anything else costs money. I use eSpeak on a daily basis. Just completely have learned to, or have not learned to, have become so accustomed to it that it is, it's just, I don't even hear the the accents are they what's the word i'm looking for dave well i guess the, the sort of rendition or the, yeah rendition uh, thanks the yeah, rendition yeah. I'll just do. cool i'll read one from jason dodd the more i think about this the more this reminds me of a tech upgrades stevens hawkins had a couple of years ago where there are lots of good upgrades he didn't upgrade his voice not all that different from the hpr voice he didn't change it because it had become his voice Needle- nevertheless i don't come 
for the intro or reading of the summary I come for the show if it's changed and I don't have to make the change I'll be all right now that I think about it if the intro outro announcement show summary pitches for the other show thanks for the host we're all put at the end of the show I could just get more show in <laughs> fair enough <laughs> yes yes, yes. Uh, could be using a skip button there but, uh, yeah, yeah skip button um, called for shows because we ran out of shows and we're kind of okay now again but again the shark tooth problem arises we run out of shows we get more shows in we run out of shows but it's winter in the northern hemisphere and traditionally we tend to get more shows in but please keep sending in your shows thank you have a nice day um, Corva2 asked about the uh, old bandwidth issues and just wondering when the site was having bandwidth issues has s3 ever been brought up as a possible solution to the storage and the bandwidth and josh replied saying yes it was but there were some cost issues i'm donating the server and the bandwidth because it's sort of a fixed cost for me uh the bandwidth is a fixed cost for me so putting the s3 files would have a floating cost much harder to predict or control and uh, Corbett 2 replies, floating costs suck a lot. Should storage and performance ever become up again, I would suggest wasab.com as a very viable alternative to the S3 storage objects. It's one terabyte for $5 a month or $60 a year today's prices. I've been using them for a couple of months now as a backup solution for my personal stuff and expanded storage of my next cloud instance. Catch 22 is that they built three months after you delete something. So. Interesting. Good to know. And another HPR tune came in. Oh, I forwarded that from Yeroon. Uh, I was blissfully ignorant recently to seem to have started discussion about the HPR theme. Personally, I found it sounds very much out of date, but that's just me. Anyway, I talked to a friend of mine called Bart, and he uses a communication pro <laughs> and he uses me as a communication proxy, uh, who is both a lovely geek nerd and also, in my humble opinion, a brilliant music composer. Anyway, a few hours after sending him the event so far, he replied to me with both new arrangements for the current tune and uh, Rose Garden files so that we can play around with it. Upon somebody saying it sounded hackerish enough, he made a 3P version and attached all the files and they're all linked on the website. Are you still there? Yes, yes. Sorry, I was just turning the page. So, uh, yeah. So, um, in response to that... Uh, and at that point, there were just two tunes. Uh, Lost in Bronx says, these are great, wonderful themes. I personally prefer the, th the first version. That was the one that it was me who said, it doesn't sound too hackerish, maybe something else. Um, I, didn't, I prefer the first version since I don't tend to focus on geeky subjects. Pass along my compliments, please. And Tony Hughes said... Hi, guys and girls. I've just listened to both and prefer the original non-3P version. I think it sounds both modern and geeky enough for the show. That's my personal opinion. I could live with either, but prefer the first. And you know what I'm going to do, uh, Dave, is, uh, says he, I will put in all the themes that we have received so far into this. So I won't do our current theme because that's at the beginning of the show. So that, that was by Slick Zero. How would you pronounce that, Dave? If you go to media theme music, hacker public radio forward slash media forward slash theme dash music, all lowercase. Well, I think it's he's sort of uh, it's a sort of an Italianized name, so I would pronounce it maestraccio, as per the Italian would be. So it's a sort of maestro type variant, maestraccio, I guess. 
Okay, yeah. we'll play that now. We'll have the 3P version of that now. have the AK version of that now. And we will do the Mr. X version. Roller coaster music version one. Thank you. 
Roller Coaster Music Version 2. Roller Coaster Music version 3.
And the last one is going to be at the end of the show. That's Tlackies because I don't have uh, one without the voiceover on it. So you'll hear that at the end. of the- And now I need to edit all those, Dave. <laughs> Damn it! <laughs> what have you done? <laughs> yeah, I'll uh, I'll get this to you in the morning. Okay, yeah, okay. that was it. Uh, tune in tomorrow for another exciting episode of Hacker Public Radio as I realise I have to edit all day tomorrow. <laughs> okay, join us. No, you've had enough music. Bye. <laughs> bye bye. You have been listening to Hacker Public Radio at hackerpublicradio.org. We are a community podcast network that releases shows every weekday, Monday through Friday. Today's show, like all our shows, was contributed by an HPR listener like yourself. If you ever thought of recording a podcast, then click on our contribute link to find out how easy it really is. Hacker Public Radio was founded by the Digital Dog Pound and the Infonomicon Computer Club and is part of the binary revolution at binrev.com. If you have comments on today's show, please email the host directly, leave a comment on the website, or record a follow-up episode yourself. Unless otherwise stated, today's show is released under a Creative Commons Attribution Sharealike 3.0 license. Bum 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 bum